Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Estate Coaching Radio. We are Tim and Julie Harris, and we are broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. I think it's going to be a great show. I'm excited to present it, so it's a pleasure to be here as always. I spent a couple hours yesterday, guys, reading through the Inman Select stories. There's a lot of interesting stories coming about coming out about um, you know the fact that some of the big publicly traded brokerage names the NRTs and the rest of it, they're starting to really pay attention to whether Zillow is staying true to their original mission about basically being a marketing partner, in essence, for the real estate community. And um, a lot of the, it seems like a lot of the CEOs and a lot of the folks that are kind of calling the shots in our industry are beginning to believe that Zillow might be straying from their original mission statement with the acquisition of Dotloop. Um, so, you know, you guys got to be paying attention to what's happening um, don't count on your broker to do it. Don't count on, um, you know, just count on yourself. And one of the best ways to get really, really current on whatever's happening and whatever's happening next in the real estate in, uh, industry is definitely to stay focused on our radio show and also to become a member of Inman Select. And if you haven't done that yet, it's 200 bucks for the year. It's a no-brainer. Um, go ahead and just, you know, become a member. And there's always a link when you're listening on um, our radio show. We always link back to Inman Select. So definitely want to pay attention to that. I think going into next year, along with the um, brokers now talking about and looking like they're actually going to do a really uh, concerted effort towards uh, dethroning Realtor.com and uh, Zillow as far as a portal, that'll be something else that you should be paying attention to. Now, uh, the other thing I think is interesting that's boiling up is the big uh, stink about agents remaining self-employed versus becoming employees. Julie, you know, this is something you and I haven't talked about. I'm sort of curious. I mean, you know, because I know you read in and select too, there's two, well, actually there's several court cases going on. One in California was started by a class action uh, lawsuit over the, uh, they see the Uber driver started it, right? So the guys that drive, or independent contractors, or at least were uh, claiming independent contractor status. Uber was paying them as independent contractors in California. Now they're supposedly um, the California EDD or whatever it is, or I don't remember all the individual departments, but in essence they're saying that those folks were never independent contractors, that they, were, they should have been paid as employees, and thus the uh, you know Uber owes a whole bunch of withholding taxes and all the rest of it that's accompanied with um, having an employee. Uh, what do you think? If all of a sudden the law on the land became that realtors are no longer independent contractors working on behalf of brokerages. What do you think that would have a positive effect on the industry or a negative hmm. effect? What what comes to mind? Hmm. I think there would be a mixture, honestly. I think that first it would be the shake up, oh my gosh, how can this be possibly happening to us? We're independent contractors and the reason I'm in real estate is so I don't have to be told what to do. I think that's probably the initial reaction. And then I think that the accountability required, I think brokers will probably like it, but I think that there would be some realtor fallout as a result. And I would hope that overall things would improve, you know. But I think whenever there's a change like this, the initial reaction is always a a quick freak out. What are your thoughts on that? Well, personally, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's interesting, the conversations that have started. I I personally don't think, when you read the details of the 
Uber lawsuit, uh, yeah, the class action lawsuit, versus what the, actually happens in the real estate industry, they're not really related. I mean, the Uber, everything's controlled. It is very different. But just conceptually, I agree with what you said, that it would a lot of folks become real estate agents because they don't want to have a boss. They don't want to have, you know, basically uh, they don't have any accountability. And that's the reason, guys, in this industry, frankly, it's such a great industry to be in because there's, what, a million realtors. And of the million realtors, there's really only 300,000 that produce anything per year. And of the 300,000, there's probably realistically only maybe 10,000 that are truly top producers. And the biggest difference between those 10,000 versus the 990,000 others is the fact that they do treat themselves as business owners. They do see themselves as entrepreneurs. They do see this as a great opportunity to help others and make a ton of money. And, and their mindset is totally different. But for the, ma- the masses of agents, and traditionally this industry has attracted a lot of non-business folks or people that really had no inclination of even being considered business people, those people, I don't really know how, what, what would happen. And, and brokerages, too. I mean, if this were to come to pass, brokerages, there would probably be a ton of consolidation. That would be my guess. Because the smaller and medium-sized brokers, they can't afford to pay an hourly wage, let alone all the withholdings yep. and, and all the rest of it. So, guys, the moral of the story is pay attention to all these things that are going on and basically be stayed, stayed dialed into Inman Select um, because you, you do need to know. Because here's the thing. The greatest fortunes in history have always been made during the greatest times of change. So, and, you know, there's all these you know, these topics and tons of other things that are happening right now. We're going to do an upcoming radio show on the headwinds facing 2016's real estate market, right, through continued recovery. If you want to use the word recovery, we're going to, Julie and I are going to list off 10 things that might actually put the industry back on its heels. But realistically, right now, the, the winds are at our backs and the market is just going to continue to get better. Uh, but there are some things that you need to pay attention to. And if some of those things happen, so say if interest rates do indeed go up, if, um, you know, if some bad thing happens in the economy, if there's another recession, there will be tremendous opportunities for you if you're poised and have the mindset that those types of uh, you know, market fluctuations do create opportunity. Don't fall prey to changes. Don't allow yourself to become uh, paralyzed by fear because that's what ultimately causes a lot of you guys to suffer. So stay dialed into what's happening next. But, uh, at, you know, most importantly, stay in your own three-foot world. Just remember, the only thing you can really have a positive effect on are the things literally physically within three feet around you. So worrying too much about the future and worrying at all about the past really is just basically a waste of time. So when your mindset is of service, when your mindset is basically doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, really whatever comes next you'll be able to easily handle. So speaking of which, Julie and I um, were reading, where did we get the, uh, the idea for today's radio show, Julie? Was it Psychology Today? I believe it was Psychology Today. I think that's right. I have it over here somewhere. Uh, Scientific American Mind, actually. Okay, there you go. And so here's the title of today's show. It's what is the number one must-have quality of top agents. So what is the number one must-have quality of top agents? So I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you guys a couple hints. Yes, skills are important, but it's not, we're not talking about skills. Yes, uh, having a good appearance and good presentation abilities and a nice car and, and all that good stuff, that's, those are important, but that's not what we're talking about on today's show. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that in two seconds. Now, before we do, I want to do another quick announcement. Um, this is something we've been hearing from all of our thousands of coaching clients and all of our coaches and you know, all of you directly giving us feedback. So normally what happens, um, and you guys know this, after the kids go back, the markets around the country have traditionally started to peter out. And then, you know, they've picked up a little bit, 
and then they settle back down. You guys know for the rest of the year, there's basically like a you know ups and downs. It's, it's you'll have a slowdown around Halloween. You'll have a slowdown, obviously, in the last two weeks of November, and then December or last two weeks in December, if not the whole. You know, you guys know how it works. So. The reality of it is, is what we're hearing from across the country is that not only did the markets come back after Labor Day, but they came back aggressively. And there's what seems to be a real, uh, clear, huge seller's market, even more so than 60 to 90 days ago. Now, in our opinions, the reason that's happening is people are fearful of interest rates rising. People are wanting to get it in their homes before the holidays. So take advantage of the market that you have in front of you right now. Make sure you're paying attention to your MLS statistics. Look at the days in the market. Show your sellers that if they're not getting offers right now, that they need to reposition their homes on the market so they correctly reflect the market's expectations. Remember, I did not say price change. Your script is, Mr. Seller, we need to reposition your house on the market so that we correctly reflect the market's expectations. That will allow them to be more receptive to reducing their price uh, because saying to a seller, reduce your price is like fingers, fingernails on a chalkboard. So right now, unlike normal, we are seeing a very noticeable increase in home sales, a noticeable increase in, in buyer activity, and most importantly, a noticeable increase in optimism in the real estate industry. If you're not experiencing that, if you're not absolutely positively feeling that, you need to do the right thing and request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And remember, when you do, we give you two free books. We give you our real estate treasure map, which is our business plan, by the way. And we also give you a free copy of Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. Um, that is a um, Think and Grow Rich is by Napoleon Hill, and we updated it and made it for real estate agents. So you get both those books for free, and all you have to do is request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, I have a question for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lay it on okay. me. Okay. What is the number one must-have quality for top agents? It is. Are you ready? Are you waiting? I'm ready. It is I'm how ready. to be. It is being an absolutely super fantastic listener. It's not being, it's not you have to be a driver personality style. It's not you just have to go by this presentation. You have to be a really great listener to both your prospects and your existing clients. So here's a fact. Agents who listen to what the prospects and clients want and deliver that always make more money and they have less stress. So the myth is that you can just learn a few canned speeches and get by. Well, I mean, you can get by, but I don't think anybody signed up for real estate to just get by. So here's a fact about that. Memorize, internalize, and personalize your script so you can be a better listener and modify what you're saying for each client based on what you're hearing from them. Here's a big secret. Give clients what they want, not what you think they want. How do you do that? You have to actually connect with your clients through better listening. Okay? So connect with your clients through better listening. All right, so let's get to point number one. Point number one is how do you do this, right? So we always tell you what is the big, you know, aha moment. You have to be a better listener. Well, how do you actually do that? Point number one, get out of judgment and into curiosity. Be absolutely fascinated by your prospect or client's situation. It's all about them, not about you. Take notes and use phrases like, what I hear you saying is, and it sounds like the most important thing to you is, 
right? So here's the secret to that. Real estate prospects won't tell you that they're not hiring you as their buyer's agent or listing agent because you didn't listen. They'll just say things like, well, we didn't connect or we didn't hit it off. Does that make sense, Tim? I mean, they never say, well, you weren't listening to me. They just say, well, we just felt like we connected to somebody else better. Well, I have a feeling you were thinking the same exact thing I'm thinking. Back when Julie and I sold real estate, I can remember a number of buyers, really great, fantastic, easy-to-sell, bought-on-the-first-trip-out type buyers. And they had been working with agents, and they'd fired the previous agents, and they came to work with us or one of our buyer agents, and you know, because we did have a team. And the question was, well, why did you guys, you know, what happened with your other agent? And like Julie just said, they always said the same thing. Well, they didn't listen to me. Well, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Buyer, what does that mean? I mean, maybe that's not a great question, guys, so don't use that as your script, but what specifically is it that um, your agent didn't do? Or what specifically is it that you wish you w- they would have necessarily heard that you were trying to say as far as what you were looking for? And what you find continuously is they'll always say, like Julie just said, well, they just weren't listening to me. So what, is that, what, is that, you know, what does that mean, not listening to you? Well, they didn't show me the homes that I was looking for. Well, why did that happen? Is it maybe because you, as an agent, weren't giving the buyer's instructions to basically give you constant feedback about every home that you're showing? Or, more importantly, and probably more relevantly, is you weren't asking the right questions at the top of the relationship at the very beginning when you're pre-qualifying, finding out what exactly was important to them and what wasn't. So, for example, and this trips up a lot of agents, you know, obviously, you guys know, we focus on teaching you to become listing agents, but this is good for buyer's agents as well. When you have someone say, for example, I'm looking for a big private, you know, backyard. Don't just, you know, rest there. Just don't assume that they're looking for a big yard because for the most part, people don't want a big yard because it means lots of maintenance. What they're really saying, and you have to ask them, so Mr. Seller, or rather Mr. Buyer, uh, just so that I'm clear, are you looking for like acres and acres of land or are you looking for um, a lot that has privacy from your neighbors? In other words, if I were to show you, say, something with a half acre or less, but your neighbors weren't looking in on you, would that, would that work? And nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes. So listening starts with learning, knowing what questions to ask and then listening again to what they're saying as far as their response and then asking a follow-up question. So one of the – you guys, I'm sure most of you read autobiographies of famous, successful you know, people from all walks of life. And one of the qualities that's always assigned to them is their ability to listen. Uh, you guys uh, pick up a biography as a homework assignment from today's call. So you can pick anybody you want to, and you'll find that one of the things that, that is all attributes are always assigned to them is that they would ask questions, listen to the response, and then ask a follow-up question based on whatever the response was. That proves to the person you're speaking with that you're actually engaged with them and listening. Most people have a bad habit of not listening when they're talking to somebody. And so what they're doing is while you're talking to somebody, you're actually, your mind is already thinking about what you're going to say as a response. You know that's true, that someone's not listening to you, because when you're talking to them, they are literally, can barely wait for you to stop talking before they say something. <laughs> they're not listening. They're actually talking almost over you. It's because they cannot wait uh, to share with you their brilliant thought. So that is somebody that's not a listener. If you become a good listener, and again, ask follow-up questions based on what the person just told you, you can experiment with this. You immediately have a uh, higher level rapport with that person because there's so few people, especially nowadays, that actually take the time to ask questions, let alone follow-up questions, 
and I'm not talking about interrogation here. I'm just talking normal, showing interest type conversation, but asking questions, asking follow-up questions, being engaged with that person. There's so few people in our lives nowadays that actually communicate with you like that. If you think about this, this is a fun question. When was the last time somebody actually asked you a question, took the time to listen to what you said, and then asked you a question that was based on your response? In other words, proving that they'd listened, engaging in with you what you said, showing genuine interest in what you said. There's so few people in our lives. Who would that be? Your mom, hopefully, right? Your spouse, maybe. Your coach, definitely. That's what a coach does. Um, and, and then beyond that, if you have anybody that actually listens to you and actually engages with you at that level, you're lucky because most of us don't. Become that person for other people. And what happens is you immediately be, uh, enter into this sort of realm of being different in their minds. You'll have that attractor factor that most people only dream about. So people give, you know, obviously you have to, you know, you have to have certain, you have to look nice, you have to, you know, you have to know your scripture. Like I said at the top of the call, you have to have all those things. But the truth is, is if you're a really good listener, even if you don't have mastery of those other things, you will be wildly successful just because there'll be this connection that people want to have with you. And when they see you in a crowded room, when they see you in line at Starbucks, they're going to seek you out because they feel like you give a damn about them. That all comes from knowing how to show others that you're listening. Julie, does this make sense? Absolutely, it does. So point number two is to stop multitasking and start focusing, because you cannot be fascinated by one person at a time if you're doing multiple things at once. There's a great quote by Bryant McGill who said, one of the most sincere forms of respect is actually listening to what another person has to say. So, again, point number two, stop multitasking and start focusing. Be uh, focused on just that one person. To your point, Tim, famous people, actors, interviewers, they all have that tenant. So adopt that. Make it part of your personality. Point number three, and this is kind of fun because we hear this uh, on coaching calls that the coaches send to us. We hear this with role play. And point number three is take it easy on the whole mirror and match thing, guys. Mirror and match phrasing but don't overdo it, or it really does sound kind of crazy. So always have more energy and enthusiasm than your client or prospect. Where you guys have issues is when you have a low-energy client and you're trying to mirror and match that low energy, and that becomes a really boring call. So take it easy on the mirror and match. Point number four, again, we're talking about the must-have quality of all successful agents, and that is the quality of great listening skills. Point number four, ask more questions than you make statements. Constantly telling someone what to do can sound preachy and egotistical. Ask what they feel that ask what they feel is most important instead of assuming and commanding. So again, ask more questions than you make statements. Great exercise on your next call with a client or a prospect. Hang up the phone and ask yourself how many questions you asked. And then point number five, related to that, actually listen to their answers. It's easier to deliver on what someone tells you they want than to guess and then try and correct your course later. Show that you care about what's being said by repeating what you heard along the way. You sound like your biggest concerns are, and then fill in the blank. When people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen. That's a quote from Ernest Hemingway. When people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen at all. So point number six, remove... I, me, my, and mine from your conversation as much as possible. 
replaced with you, your, and their name. This eliminates ego and helps you keep the focus on your prospect. And there's a little quote from Robert Schuller who said, big egos have little ears. So I wanted to take a quick little breather here, Tim. I just did a bunch of points at once and uh, make sure that this is all making sense. See if you had anything else that you wanted to add to that. Well, the last event we did in Austin, um, there was a coaching client named Ben Salem from L.A., sells mm-hmm. expensive properties in and around Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He actually told me that that was um, the thing he learned the most from that event, what you just said. Hmm. That's interesting, and I'm sure he'll apply it. No, I, and Ben's a great agent. It'll be interesting to see how much more business he does with that point in his head because he's already a great guy. So. Yeah, that's, he said it changed. You know, it, he yeah. actually said it changed his approach to pretty much everything that he does by huh. paying attention to how often he uses personal pronouns. So ah. he in L.A. especially, guys, especially mm-hmm. in a market like that. I mean, the Kardashians live in one of the neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, you guys get the idea. Yeah. So in his world, it's all about ego. It's all about me. It's all about da 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 da. Well, especially in a market like that, if you become a good listener and a good question asker, and you don't make it about yourself especially in a market like that, listening well, is really incredibly powerful. Out. It does, because yeah. everybody else is basically all, you know, essentially living all about like... them all the time. <laughs> yeah, like their lives are reality TV shows. And so watch how often you use I, you know, just any personal pronouns. Just really, <laughs> you know, it's so funny how every time we've done this with coaching clients, even with our coaches, count how many times you actually use the word I in conversation with folks. Just over an hour. And if you find that it's your pretty much favorite word, then you have a problem and you need to seriously think about it because when you hear somebody, when you're talking to somebody and they're talking about themselves, even if it's someone you you know, know, like, and love, you're kind of not really liking that conversation because you're thinking to yourself or at least you're feeling like they're just, you know what, focused on themselves. They're not really listening to what you have to say. So, guys, the reality of it is is that uh, you are – in control of the results that you get in life based on the actions that you take. And one of the easiest ways to do that is by monitoring your ability to ask really good questions. Next point, Julie. That's right. So point number seven, make yourself take notes. See, if you have a pen in your hand, you can't be looking at your phone or surfing online. Force yourself to stay focused. There's a Turkish proverb that says, if speaking is silver, then listening is gold. So again, we're showing you how to do this, Make yourself take notes. Put a pen in your hand. That means you have to be taking notes. So point number eight, and this is a really big one, make eye contact. Eye contact shows that you are genuinely interested in them and only them. Be mindful of looking around at other things, other people, your iPhone. Don't do your lead follow-up while you're in the car and can't take notes. And so here's the secret. You can't make eye contact over email. The face-to-face appointment is always better than an email or a text. So when in doubt, Set the appointment. So that, that could be a whole radio show in itself, I think. So point number nine, stop interrupting. Force yourself to wait two seconds after the other person stops talking to be sure they're done with their thought. And here's the secret to that. Listen for tonality as well as content. Pretend you are about to be tested on what was said. Could you recount the conversation with accuracy? Is what you said about the conversation the same thing that the other person thought the conversation was about? So stop interrupting and use that two-second rule. Wait till they stop. That's especially important over the phone because you have no verbal, you have no visual cues over the phone. So point number 10, 
stop visually and verbally signaling that you're ready to talk. And Tim, you touched on this at the top of the radio show. When you actually listen, you're not gesturing, you're not opening your mouth in anticipation of jumping in, you're not fidgeting in your seat. When you do those things, you're visually signaling that you are no longer listening and that your response is more important than what the person is saying. So Stephen Covey said, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. So be careful with that. Don't look like you're just on the edge of your seat and you just can't wait to say something. That is visually signaling that you are not paying attention. Julie, so let's, give number, some practical, yeah, let's give some practical sure. – let's give them some practical mm-hmm. suggestions here. So when you guys are talking to people, Julie said give, you know, have a little delay before you start talking, and that's going to create some awkward moments. And one of the ways you can kind of fill that awkward space is by, like she said you know, in her follow-up point, is by just essentially repeating what they said or say, interesting. So what you're telling me is, and then repeat what they said. So essentially, I'm going to use an NLP term, but tie down what they just said so you can show them that you are listening. So, you know, Julie, I appreciate, you know, it's interesting what you just said. So you're saying that folks that use a lot of personal pronouns when they're speaking are generally speaking not listening and they're operating out of more of a sense of ego. I hadn't considered that before. You see what I just did there, guys? Ooh, I just used personal pronouns. It made me jittery when I did that, especially on the radio show. But, guys, here's the thought for you. Here's the thought for you. Uh, do learn how to communicate with folks and to slow yourself down and to make it so that, you know, you're showing them that you're listening because you are listening. You can just uh, give them a positive affirmation to what they just said and then repeat what they just said. This is one of the things we teach you when you're doing lead follow-up, when you're doing prospecting, when you're doing any kind of communication using any of our scripts. One of the things we always want you to do is do that. Repeat and then affirm what they said. Or you can affirm what they said, then repeat it. it either way, it works. It is that attachment, that psychological kinship that happens when someone feels that they're being listened to. Just to drive this point home, we've said this in many different forms on this radio show today, the person who listens to you automatically is in a different uh, realm. They're automatically in a different class in your head and in your heart in terms of how they are ranked, right? I don't know how else to say it. Your friends, your family, your loved ones, they're hopefully all in that special you know, place in your heart. And so as soon as you find somebody else that's actually taking the time to listen to you, because it happens so infrequently, they automatically trans- transcend to that same level. Does that make sense, Julie? Or am I sounding yeah. too weird? No, absolutely. It, it's one of those things that's hard to put your finger on, but you'll know it when it happens, right? So... Point number 11, and then I think we probably have to wrap up here pretty soon. Challenge yourself to speak less than the other person. Say what you're going to say once without reinforcing the same thought repetitively. And here's a super old quote for you from Diogenes, (laughs) who had it right, I think. We have two ears and one tongue so that we would listen more and talk less. So, again, challenge yourself to speak less than the other person. Point number 12, always be positive. Be of service in all circumstances. And, in fact, your highest value is most appreciated in the toughest cases. You guys that are having short sell clients come back to you and now rebuy, you know that because they're so thankful for you getting through that tough, tough time. So I'm going to do the next points fairly quickly here so that you guys have all this. Point number 13, adopt phrases that show that you're listening, like how do you feel about that? What do you feel should happen next? Tell me more about that. Adopt those little mini scripts. Point number 14, don't change the subject unless the previous one is resolved. 
When you do that, it shows lack of interest and lack of paying attention. Larry King said, I remind myself every morning, nothing I say this day will teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. And our last point, point number 15, stop prejudging a situation. Real estate is full of made-up stories in your head. The only way to know if you're on the right track is to ask questions and listen to the outcome. Not asking is disrespectful to your clients and prospects. So that is our show about the must-have quality of agents, the quality of being a fantastic listener. And I think each and every person that listens to this show can work on at least one or two, if not all of those points. I'm just looking back at your notes, Julie. You had a, a quote from Larry King, a quote from Diogenes, a quote from Stephen Covey, a quote from <laughs> what was this other one? A Turkish proverb. Um, hey, it's not just because we Mar- say so, right? <laughs> oh, I'm just you no. Know, well, yeah, exactly. Not just because we said so, but I'm just wondering where you found all these crazy quotes, guys. Here's the bottom line: when you're when you're communicating with anyone, anyone, anywhere, it could be the person that helps you take care of your house, the guy that cuts your grass, it could be your kid, it could be your spouse, a real estate client, someone from church, synagogue, or mosque. It doesn't matter. Develop the reputation, or at least develop that uh, quality of being a great listener, and. To, to cap off today's radio show, the way you show folks you're listening, go back and listen to the little specific practical tips we gave you, but you have to digest what they say, repeat what they say, and then ask a follow-up question. If you find yourself constantly thinking about, oh my gosh, what am I going to say next? Or as Julie said, if you're showing yourself in person, if you're, you know, like your hand is, your hands are up in the air, you're just pensively waiting for them to shut up so you can share with the world your brilliant point. You're not a great listener, and people aren't going to want to be around you. So if you want to have that little sort, that quality, that that thing, the it factor, the when they walked into the room, everyone just basically all the attention. You guys have heard these types of folks or different types of people described that way. The way they got to that place in folks' minds is simple uh, listening skills. Once you develop the ability to ask questions, ask follow-up questions, and really engage with someone at a higher level, you transcend the masses. You become somebody that they want to be around. You become somebody that they want to send business to. You become somebody that people see as a leader. And if there's one thing that our industry needs right now, it's more leaders. So start by being a really great listener. If there's anything we can do for you at any time, request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, great radio show today. I appreciate your excellent notes and all your crazy quotes. Hey, it's my pleasure to help all these guys, and a lot of this stuff we live through, and we're just trying to shorten the learning curve for everyone else. So it's always a pleasure, but thank you. That's right, and we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.